Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Just realized my sign is not on. So one second. That's what happens when you do these things live, I guess. Oh, there we go. Much better. I apologize for that, but hey, what you gonna do? Uh, first and foremost, let's congratulate a couple of people uh, for getting their first or next deals. Phil, congratulations, and Ryan, congratulations on your next deal, gentlemen. Your cards will go out in the mail today. Folks, if you don't know what this is, this is my small attempt to measure the impact of one rental at a time. Earning financial freedom, great. Giving back, impacting others in a positive way is an amazing feeling. And every time one of you close a deal and you let me know you closed one, uh, I want to send you a card. I want to recognize it. We are almost at 600. Yes, folks, we're almost at 600. I think the latest number is 587. So lots of fun. Keep it up, Ryan and Phil. There you go. As for the news of the day, how should I say this? Without, I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky or anything like that, but damn, I'm, I'm on a hot streak here recently. And the beauty of this is you could go back and listen for yourself. I believe it was the Friday before earnings season when before the big banks came out and I highlighted that one of the five banks was very likely to talk about a mortgage slowdown. Sure enough, Wells Fargo was the winner at a 33% decline. Uh, The only other bank to talk about it, I believe, was JP Morgan at 3%. So again, Wells Fargo was the winner for losing the most. Does that make sense? Anyways, after that, I pontificated that one of these banks is going to start layoffs soon. Sure enough, Wells Fargo, once again, is the winner, winner, winner. They have already started to lay off people in their mortgage business. This is all part of the cleansing process. This is all part of the real estate slowdown. This is all part of the Fed breaking housing, right? These things are predictable if you look for the information. So again, uh, definitely, definitely called this one. So uh, next up, I want to talk about something that we talked about two years ago, and that is the notion of revenge spending. A couple of years ago, we brought it up. It was actually in China the first time I had heard of this concept. I'm sure it had been uttered elsewhere, but it's the first time I heard it. Uh, What we have with Uh, revenge spending this time is we are not going to be buying luxury goods, which is what we were doing last time. Instead, this time the revenge spending is going to be where I called it, and that is the service sector. Airlines, travel, events, things of that nature. If you go back and look at my whiteboard playlist, I have an economic review of 2022 and 2023. One of the metrics I talk about is unemployment. And it is because of revenge spending and what we have going on right now, I still see unemployment falling 
in the near term. Only in the near term. I think last reported at 3.6. I think in that presentation, I called a low of 3.2. So within a couple of months, at least in my opinion, we will see a low in the unemployment rate. And then, yes, the economy is going to slow down. And if you watch that uh, summary in the whiteboard, you'll see where I think it is going. But again, I do think revenge spending is going to come up. Shoot, just last week, I jumped in a car and, and went to Tahoe, if you are watching the news. So again, I think revenge spending is something we are all thinking about. We've got enough Amazon boxes. We want to go get some some fun in the sun, or in my case, fun in the snow. Uh, so again, I think that is going to come up. American Express reported Friday. I don't think I talked about it. Uh, American Express earnings were generally very good. Uh, increased spending on hotels and events and travel uh, to be expected. Uh, small businesses up. That's really where I look at American Express. Unlike uh, MasterCard or Visa, American Express for me, better or worse, is the small business credit card. Uh, so near as I can tell, they are still spending a lot. I want to put some numbers around the housing market, uh, just given some of the comments uh, that I see on a lot of my videos. I guess I'm not being clear. Uh, so let me put some more numbers on it for you. So again, folks, I am calling for a housing crash, a housing crash in transactions. I've been calling for a 25% housing crash this year. That is going to hurt, but let's put numbers on it so you can hold me accountable. We did 6.9 million housing transactions last year. A 25% drop in that number takes us to 5.175 million. That is where I think uh, we will end the year in the low 5 million. That's amazing. I have talked about up to a 50% drop peak to trough. The trough, I will believe, will be next year. Uh, for the math, I did 40%. So again, 40% of 6.9 million brings us all the way down to 4.14 million. Now for prices, lots of you, and I mean lots of you, are passionate about housing crashing. Uh, Reventure Consulting and the other crash channels are clearly your favorites. And when I say prices will be flat, up or down one or 2%, nationally speaking, your heads explode. Let me be very clear. I would love a housing crash. I have, if you watch my channel, you know that I've set my portfolio up to be ready. I just don't see it coming. I have no skin in the game. I'm not a real estate agent. I'm just a guy who's looking to buy the next rental property. And yes, I would love a crash. Unlike some of these other channels, I lived through, invested, and yes, sold at the peak last time. I do not see the same setup. I wish I did. And if I did, I would tell you. It's just not the lending structure, the renters. I mean, here's the here's the one big caveat. And I've told you the story before, but maybe maybe you didn't watch these videos. In the last crisis, as we were still in that last mile run up, I was routinely declining tenants for poor credit and poor income only to find out that they bought a home the next weekend or the next month. 
None of that is happening today. Real down payments, 30-year fixed rate debt, no nuclear bomb arm 2 and 28 teaser loans. The housing environment today is just different. You guys can keep pointing at the price chart if you want. Again, I think this time uh, we have supply destruction as well, which I've brought out the last 30 days. There are lots of people. Look at the comments. Hey, Michael, I got a 2.7, 2.8, 2.9 loan. I'm not going anywhere. Folks, you can't have a housing crash unless supply dwarfs demand. If the supply that could come up doesn't, it doesn't lead to a pricing crash. But again, you can keep waiting, keep watching those channels. Eventually, someday, maybe they'll be right, just like a broken clock. But a lot of you, if you looked yourself in the mirror, would admit following those channels left you worse off financially. Do the work. Do the work. Your market could be very unique. Maybe you are in a bubble market. Maybe. But don't just listen to some kid who doesn't own anything and didn't go through the last cycle. Do the work yourself. Do the work. So, again, those are the numbers you can call me on. Again, this year, 5.175 housing transactions down from 6.9 million. That's existing and new uh, construction. Uh, what else do we got? Um, another thing that really seems to bother people is I am talking about earning a 20 or 30% discount. And they go, Michael, how can you get a 20 to 30% discount without there being a 20 to 30% housing crash? <sighs> people, you exhaust me. I only need one motivated seller. For me this year, I would settle for three or four. Second, I am willing to write hundreds of offers to find the three or four sellers who just want out, who will take a discount. Because folks, just like all of my students, I only write great offers. If my market of Fresno, California is an average 6% yield, I will not write an offer below 8%. And I just won't do the deal. Sellers have the right to say no. They also have the right to say yes. I do not need a national housing crash. I do not need a California crash. Shoot, I don't even need a Fresno housing crash. I just need to do the work every single day, write offers that are great for me, and eventually I will find a seller that needs out. It's that simple. One sale, or in my case, four sales, does not make a national housing crash. I do not know what people don't get about that. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, folks, uh, the S&P 500, right? The, the stock market had a really rough day Friday. I just read an article talking about where the S&P lies versus historical norms. And I do not have good information for you. Even after Friday's route, the S&P 500 still sits at 22 times earnings. That's not good heading into a recession. As I told you, the stock market, the dumb money, we are going to have earnings collapse. 
we're going to have PE multiple collapse. And thus, prices are going down. So PE, that's the 22 times. Take the expected earning for all 500 companies, times it by 22. That is the S&P um, closing price on Friday. If earnings fall and multiple falls, guess where we are going? Lower still. I am uh, Kathy Wood. I got to give Kathy Wood props. She is committed to her uh, thesis, her strategy, which again worked two years in a row. I called it out is very risky eight months ago. I'm so glad these videos are recorded. I told you exactly what was going to happen and it's happening right now, but she is not deterred. She went shopping on Friday and bought, I wrote it down, Shopify, Zoom, Roblox, and Roku. Congratulations, Kathy. You are committed. Uh, Fannie Mae, uh, I think four or five of you sent me this article yesterday, and I want to thank all of you. Fannie Mae, specifically Doug Duncan, chief economist, has to be watching this channel. Just has to be, right? Everything I called out in the last 90 days, Dave Duncan, chief economist Fannie Mae, is talking about today. For example, we will likely have a recession in 2023. Go back and watch my whiteboard discussion about 22 and 23. Housing is going to cushion the blow, meaning it will not uh, crash. They still expect prices to go up 10 to 14 percent. Uh, and he expects housing starts to go down 14 percent. A lot of you are pointing at builders. Uh, causing the next housing crash. I think Reventure Consulting put out just a video the other day on that topic. It looks like, according to Greg Dickerson, our expert and former builder of luxury homes, is saying builders will just slow down. Builders have been through the last, they've been through the fire of the last crash. They are not going to step on the gas. In fact, builders are going to retreat, thus having less supply, which makes sense. Supply lags, uh, dead days. Builders are going to slow down. It's very interesting. I found a new economic indicator. I have been doing this 30 plus years. And every once in a while, you think you've seen it all. I've got a new one for you. Folks, there is a fluffy puppy indicator. Who knew? As a dog lover, as somebody who has two dogs sleeping under his desk right now, I was intrigued by the fluffy puppy indicator. So what is it? Well, it's basically an indicator of spending on your pets other than food, right? Food is a necessity. It is removed from this equation. So in the last four weeks, pet grooming down 19%. Dog accessories down 12% and dog beds down 12%. We've talked about it. I believe the consumer is in much worse shape than the powers that be. And as a pet lover, someone who would do nearly anything for their pets, the fluffy puppy indicator is screaming, the consumer is scared. The consumer is strapped. Not good. Uh, the last thing we will talk about is there was a Japanese economist 
who really freaked the market out Friday and Saturday, this Japanese economist, basically says the Fed will raise 50 basis points in May. I agree with that and more importantly called it weeks ago. This is where it gets interesting. He is highlighting that James Bullard, Mary, I think it's Mary Daly, all have floated a trial balloon of 75 basis point raises in the very near future. This Japanese economist, I wish I wrote his name down. I didn't. I think it was because I would butcher it and couldn't pronounce it well. Anyways, he is talking about two monster Fed raises, one in June and one in July, both at 75 basis point raise. Folks, that would shock the market. That would shock me. Just for reference sake, because I wanted to look it up, the last time the Federal Reserve did a triple raise, which is what 75 basis is called, was 1994. They did one triple raise in 1994. I do not currently see a 75 basis point raise. I certainly do not see two 75 basis point raises. I believe we're going to get 50, 50, 50, but who knows? So let me know what you think. Do you Actually, that's the question of the day. Let's get some interaction going as we wrap this up. Do you think the Fed will raise 75 basis points at any meeting this year? Yes or no? Leave comments below. I would love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, comment. You can count on me being back at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. A thousand days in a row. I'm not stopping. On two, on Sundays, yeah, it's Sunday today, uh, we talked to a couple of experts. Those videos will be coming out as well. So again, 75 basis. I see answers coming in already. All of you are amazing. Let me know your thoughts below. Bye-bye.